Jay Janela, we'll start with the Nokar Mantra. So believe it or not, it's that time again. It's time to do six months of goal setting. Time has been moving very slow lately, so you might not believe that it's time. You might think that we have forgotten about it, actually, but we haven't forgotten about it. That's all we're doing this time. So get up. Remember, find this piece of paper wherever you wrote it down or on your computer. Since you guys are at the Jane Center, it's very easy to write it down. Just type it down on your phone. I can give you, if you take out your phone or a piece of paper or something, I can give you the... Um, the way to make the columns and I can also send it to the chat. Let me send it to the WhatsApp WhatsApp group. Attach document uh, browse smart goals table send. Okay. I sent it to the group and you know every year no every time we do this I always Go back and forth with myself like should I be doing this like is it going to be helpful for everybody or you know is it a waste of time and then I remember two things I always tell my kids that time is precious right time is the most precious thing in the world uh, you can't buy too much of it and so I feel like well it might be a waste of time for everybody but then I realize Almost nobody opens the book between classes, right? Unless I make you open the book or ask you to do something, right? So almost nobody would do this, I think, between the classes, right? So this is a gift that I can give to you, right? I can give you your hour back to think about your life and to do this goal setting. And I think that it's worth it. I think that even if you have not, even if you put the paper away and don't look at it for six months, when you come back to it and you remember what your goals are, even if you don't take any action, the simple action of writing down your goals is worth it. Um, the simple action of thinking about your life for one hour today is going to be worth it. You don't have your kids. You don't have your wife. They expect you to be doing something about Jainism when we're not going to do today. Uh, so you have an hour to sit down and to think about your life and to look at these goals. And one thing that we might not have we might not have talked about is that if you understand and believe in this process of goal setting, you'll actually come to realize why vows are so important in Jainism. I think there's a whole section in the book on vows or ruts. And you might think, well, why is it so important? Like, let's say I want to say the Nokar Mantra three times a day. I just do it. I don't need to take a vow to do it. But that's not right. Because if you take a vow, you're holding yourself accountable. And if you break that vow, there are consequences. And human beings are one of the only animals able to take vows. 
I, I think even heavenly beings and hellish beings can't take any vows at all. Um, and so if you understand this goal setting process, that is, if I don't write my goals down and put it in a place where I can see it and think about it, what's happening? Well, what's happening is you're living your life kind of like in an ocean and the waves are moving you back and forth and you have no control over your life. You are at the, you are subject to other people's agenda. And what I mean by that is it could be people you love. You know, it could be your family's agenda. It could be your work's agenda. That is, if you don't set a goal and strive to achieve it, you're going to do nothing with your time. And consequently, you're going to do nothing with your life. And once you, once you do the first part, once you set one goal, a pretty hard one, and achieve it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. How difficult it is for us at this age to do something for ourselves, to do something, to promise to do something and to follow through on that promise. It's extremely difficult. And so once you understand the process of goal setting and how other people's agenda are enslaving you, and I don't think that's too strong of a word. You are a slave to your emotions. And if you don't control your time, you're a slave to other people's agenda. And once you realize how powerful it is to take your time back, then you're going to understand about vows and how why it's so important to take vows in Jainism. And then you'll start saying, hey, maybe there is something to this vow. Maybe if I take a vow to say three Nokar mantras every day, that's different from me doing it. And it is because if you take a vow and you hold yourself accountable, you won't be distracted by the TV. You won't be distracted by uh, your phone. You won't even be distracted by good things, by spending time with your daughter. That's a great thing, but it's a distraction from you saying three no-car mantras every day, isn't it? Because your children will take and take and take, right? We all know that. Your children are designed to use up all of your patience and take up all of your time if you let them. They love it. They love to be with you. They love to be around you. My kids aren't teenagers yet. You can obviously tell. Uh, at some point, they're going to stop wanting to be around me. But I have to set a boundary, right? Well, now I'm working on this um, and I deserve to work on this and I have only carved out a little time to work on this and I'll help you when I get done. Even good distractions will enslave you, right? So every time I think about that and every time I realize I think it's important, I think we should spend the next hour filling out this sheet. Uh, thanks to me here who just joined, we're doing our goal setting for the next six months. Um, and that's all we're doing. So feel free to get up, go find the piece of paper, make the piece of paper. Um, for you guys over there, it's easy to make. Let me show you what the piece of paper is. I just put it, um, in the, in the WhatsApp and I'm going to show you what it looks like. And I'll describe for the people at home what it's looked like. It's very simple. The columns, the names of the columns at the top, there are five columns. It is specific measurable, achievable, resourced, and time-bound. 
we want to make sure each of our goals fits these columns. And we want to, that's why we call them SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T. So let's take the example of, I want to lose 10 pounds in three months. Okay. That's specific. I want to lose 10 pounds. It's, you can't say, I want to lose weight. That's not specific enough. Is it measurable? Yes. I, I want to lose 10 pounds. I can measure that. I can step on the scale and measure that. You can't say a goal can't be, I want to be more happy. That's not measurable. Uh, so that's not a smart goal. Is it achievable? Yes. Losing 10 pounds in three months is an achievable goal. You can't, it can't be, I want to lose 50 pounds in one month. That's not achievable. That would not be a smart goal. Is it resourced? Do I have the things necessary for me to accomplish my goal? Yes, I do. I have um, the right foods around me. I have exercise. I have uh, the place to do exercise. I have uh, the wherewithal to the recipes to cook. I know what I need to do. Is it resourced? That do, do I have the resources necessary to achieve this goal? And is it time bound? Yes, it's in lose 50. 10 pounds in three months. The three months is the time bound. You can't just say, I just want to lose 10 pounds. Uh, you have to give yourself a limit. And we're doing goal settings for the next six months. So that's our limit. That doesn't mean you can't include long-term goals, but break it up into chunks so you can measure what the next six months are going to be uh, for your life. So those are the columns. And the rows are very easy. Uh, it's the types of goals, so personal goals, professional goals, spiritual goals, physical goals, mental goals, and family goals. You can mix and match each one of them. Of course, you can choose your own category of goals. It's it's going to be very hard. I, I have listed here two places for each type of goal. That's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. That's 12 goals. That's very hard. I don't expect you to fill it out, all every blank out. Uh, one or two in each one is fine. One in each one or just one in a couple of them are fine. So uh, this, this is kind of what we talked about. This has been an organic process of developing this very basic table. Uh, if anybody has any different types of goals, then let me know and then we can put those in. Okay, so that's what the table looks like. Um, any questions or comments? I know you guys are at the Jane Center. It shouldn't be too hard to recreate this on your phone or just type it in a note or something because you have the time now, right? I know there's not, oh, you got it. You got some paper. Oh, great. Perfect. Um, that's great. Uh, comments or questions? Yeah, uh, Tim, uh, one comment. Uh Yes, you don't have the edge case because, <laughs> because when you do, the, the, the comments are like, you are too clingy, you are, you know, just let, leave me alone. That, those are the comments that come when you have teenagers. Oh, I might have some time in my life in the future. I have to fill out, see how to fill out that time I get when my kids are in their room and not wanting to talk to me. <laughs> too clingy, too clingy, apparently. Uh, <laughs> well. So on the, uh, I want to actually uh, go back to the wow um, uh, comment you made. So I 
can't, I, I, I uh, uh, say now Karmantra every day, three now Karmantras every day without fail. Okay, I, I think I probably have never missed one. I, maybe I do, but I don't remember missing one. But I haven't taken a while to, you know, say it every, every day. But, so is the point of taking a while Obviously, it's, it's to make you repent or regret if you miss if you miss it, and 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 not repeat that. What 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 would be the purpose? I know you said accountability, but we are accountable. I I, I am accountable to myself every every single day that I don't do it. So how is Great question. So first of all, a vow is something you promise to a holy person, such as a sadhu or sadvi. So we would go to the temple and we'd tell the sadhu and sadvi, I'm doing this vow. Will you accept it? And they say yes or no. And if they say yes, then now you're accountable. And what happens if you break that vow is you get more bad karma than if you hadn't taken the vow and broken that string of no karma mantras. And so when you say you're accountable, yes, you're currently accountable to yourself, but you will get an extra layer of accountability because you'll get an extra pop or bad karma attached to your soul if you break that back. And if you do it, do you get better, more karma on the positive side? That's right. When you complete vows, you'll get, uh, you'll do either more nirjara or you'll get more punya, which is good karma. Is it, uh, isn't that, again, going back to the balance sheet issue, Tim, uh, where we, is the objective to get more karma, or is the object, positive karma, or is the objective to, to do your best, and let the karmas follow your action. Or, or let me put it this way. Is the objective to go and do things only to get more better karma? Or the objective is to do things and let the good karmas follow you? That makes sense. You're going to do something regardless. Right? Might as well do something that you need to do more major. Huh? Might as well do something intentionally. Intentionally. Yeah. With so, intention. I'm, of giving you power and giving you some sort of a support system so you reprioritize your action to do something what you really want to and what that's how I take the vows right so let's say you're going to do you're going to eat for one day right? um, uh, one time a day like I cost more best we're going to do one time a day and you can do it that's fine and when you are taking a vow then the chances to get successful is much higher because you are stronger. Or you, you are thinking in the way that I have taken a vow, I have taken a vow, and I have taken a vow. Otherwise, oh, I just drank the water. Well, that's fine. Tomorrow I'll do it. So it's like subconsciously keep reminding us when we take a vow to do certain things to, to arm you with additional power to, to do what you are supposed to do. That's how I take it. 
I think I just understood your question. And your second example, live your life and do your best and let the karma, you know, let the chips fall where they may. That's exactly how you do not want to live your life. In fact, the purpose is to live your entire life with intention, to do nothing without intention. Um, because that's the distraction we're talking about. That's the mindless scrolling of the phone we're talking about. That's the getting distracted by, that's the getting pushed and pulled with the ocean waves we're not, we're talking about. That is not doing things with intention. So you should not try to live your best life and let the karma take care of itself. That's the exact opposite of what you want to do. You want to live your life knowing, I want to get this karma. I want to burn this karma by doing this. I want to stop this inflow of karma by doing this. You live your entire life with intention. I, I, I wanted to add something to this. My, my, you know, as I was being brought up, I was told that, you know, if you break a wall, wow, it's, it's a negative thing. I, I personally have developed a belief after talking to a lot of people uh, is that is not really in my, my mind it's a myth because like Bobin said I mean wow helps you to be accountable and to be supportive I definitely agree with that part but not being able to follow wow because of valid reason for example I'll tell you I mean I had some discussion and said okay if you uh, say you're taking a wow to do a naukashi uh, once every month you eat after 48 minutes after sunrise. And for some reason, if you're not able to do it because you have to go to office or something like that, it is not a negative karma. If you do a kashtanopachkan, if you're not feeling well, and if you have to eat afterwards, whether you take a vow or not, to me, it's it's the same uh, effect. Now, what it does, for example, if I take your example, Parish, like for when you take a vow and you have said, you've seen yourself that you're able to do three, now you're gonna be you're gonna you know be able to do be able to do five and seven and nine. So you have a constant progress. So to me, that is where we wanna to lead to, and that's is that is where we wanna to go towards our goal, so that we can make a constant progress. And wows and certain things can help us instill that discipline that we're looking for. And I, again, I used to be that okay, yeah, if you if you miss a wow. You are, it's a negative on your karma or negative on your balance sheet, but I don't think of it that way anymore. That's a great point. You know what that reminds me of when you said, oh, if you have a valid reason not to follow, that reminds me of like uh, this litigation, right? Like it's a crime to murder somebody. But if you have a valid reason like self-defense, then it's not a crime and you're not going to go to jail and nothing will happen to you. So it's, it, it reminds me of kind of our complex legal code, right? But we have an even more complex legal code in the karma theory. That is, and the karma will know um, your, based on your uh, emotion, sorry, your thinking, intensity, and your actions, different karma bind to your soul. It's not that they know. Um, it's that different karma bind to your soul. But it'll know what a valid excuse is. Going to the office is not a valid excuse to miss your three karma, uh, no karma mantras. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to dis disagree with you there. Um, there might be a valid reason. For example, you might be in a coma and that might be a valid reason. And for sure, you know, you won't attract as much negative karma for breaking your vow. And I agree with that part. But the, it, 
what you think is a valid reason has nothing to do whether it is a valid reason or not. So I'll have to disagree with you there. My, the point I want to bring forward is just being afraid of not being able to fulfill the wow should not keep one away from taking the wow. I definitely 100% agree with that. You should not be afraid to break the vow. You're going to get negative karma. You get negative karma all the time. I mean, if you break a vow, sure, you'll get more than if you hadn't taken it. But certainly don't let it stop you from trying to attempt to take vows. That's what we want to do. We want to try to attempt to take vows. You're on mute. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Great point, man. Uh, let me. So, Tim, isn't that? Uh, I'm trying to be very receptive to 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 your 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 viewpoint, but it almost seems like on one hand you're saying you have to take vows because that brings more discipline and that brings more purpose to your living, uh, which by the way, I, I actually have a little disagreement on that one, I, just because I, you, you know, I didn't mean to say let the chips fall wherever you, wherever, you know, it leads you to, you don't have, I mean, I, I'm not saying you live a purposeless life, no, you do everything with purpose, it's just not in the structured way that you think it should be done, that, you know, it does not preclude me from saying my nokar every, every morning or even doing a kasna or payasna, whatever you want to do. It's just not doing it in a structured way. But besides that point, if, if the incentive is positive karma to take the vow, and then you're saying, but don't let breaking of those vows and negative karma deter you, even though you're going to accumulate negative karma, go ahead and do it. Uh, why would I do it if it's going to accumulate negative karma on my balance sheet? I might as well just stay with with the positive balance I have and just continue doing the, you know what I do. And I, I, I actually do think uh, it is, I agree with Munir. I mean, although, you know, Intentionally, nobody wants to break a vow intentionally, and it you know it's always circumstances that that uh, you know, make you break a vow. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm you know these are kind of confusing uh, ideas here. So I, I just uh, yeah I, I'm going to leave it at that. Sorry. No. Uh, very great questions and very different concepts layered in. So I'm going to take them one by one. And I definitely, I think I understand this and I think I understand where the problem is. The first part is, what is the purpose? You mentioned that the purpose is to get positive karma. That's not, I didn't say that, although I probably let everybody believe that. Uh, it depends where you are on the path, what your purpose is. Um, and that's why we had this whole discussion about Anikanthvad and how can two contradictory things be true? Well, the answer depends upon where you are on the path. That is, what is the purpose? If I tell my kids, my, my kids ask me, why should I be doing these things? 
Why should I be giving charity? Why should I be doing that? I'm going to tell them is to get good karma. Because when you're getting good karma, you're not getting bad karma. But if somebody very, if somebody's further along on the path that tells me, what should I be doing? I should say, you should be shedding as much karma as possible, not even trying to get good karma. Because the point, of course, the big picture is we're trying to get to moksha. We're trying to get rid of all the karma surrounding our soul in this very short lifetime that we have as a human. And so, so the answer is different depending on where you are. So the incentive for this vows is not to get positive karma. And it depends on what the vow is. If the vow is to do nirjara, then the incentive is to get rid of karma. If the vow is to do some type of samvar, then the incentive is to stop block, stop blocking karma from coming in. So for example, the vow might be fasting. Okay. So you go through some physical pain when you're fasting that accounts for some nirjara. You, uh, you meditate for a little while about how the body is different from the soul that accounts for some samvar. Okay. Um, and so the incentive is based on what the vow is. The incentive is not just generally positive karma. Okay. So now your second kind of concept was why take the chance? I'm doing these three Navkar mantras to use your example. Why should I make a vow and risk the negative consequences of making a vow when I'm doing it anyway? Why live my life with that intention? Of, you called it a structured way, right? I think you're overestimating the amount of negative karma you're getting for breaking a vow. It's not a world-ending thing. In fact, you'll probably break the first couple of vows you try as you get used to living a life, making vows. You'll probably break a bunch at the beginning. That's totally fine. Um, but remember, well, if, if your question is, well, what is the point? I could have done it without doing the vow and without accumulating negative karma. But the point is, you're constantly accumulating negative karma. You're constantly doing this and that and living a distracted life. And those that extra part, if you call it a marginal negative karma for the breaking of the vow, that is the extra part that you wouldn't have been doing anyway, that's so small as to come out in the wash. The main thing is to get used to living a life taking vows. Get used to living a life intentionally. Get used to having goals, saying, I want to go there. I want to comport my thoughts, my speech, and my actions to get me to go there. And once you accomplish that, that is such a rush and such a good feeling. You want to keep doing that. And in fact, at the very highest practitioners take vows that last years, that meditation that last years, um, live, create goals that last a long time. They're still measurable. They're still achievable. But the very highest practitioners take a vow of silence for two years. And so if we just start with what we can start with, we might get there and we might achieve that kind of uh, nirjara in our life. Other questions or comments? Did everybody, nobody's writing anything down. Did everybody write down what their goals are? Does anybody want to share any? Sorry, I've been muting you throughout because sometimes I get like a feedback in the recording. So I don't want to offend anybody by muting you. Just whenever you're ready to talk, just unmute yourself. Does anybody want to share any goals that they wrote down?
And it's fine if you don't want to share. Yeah, I have a couple of things that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. After you. Uh, no, I was going to say that it's it's a repetition of my previous ones, not not uh, not a new one, uh, but just a, a a notch higher than what we had before. So, so something like that. Uh, nothing, nothing in a. Uh, of course, I had a goal for. You know, I had a goal for read a book instead of now I'm putting maybe a few pages in a spiritual side. Uh, so, uh, you know, get get some books open. The one that you reminded again, uh, that's that's one of the goals that we have, I added for myself. But yeah, I mean, it's a similar goals what I had, but just a little bit notching in on a higher level. That's about it. That's great. And... As as we do this, let's say, let's say we've been doing this for years now, right? Let's say every time you just write the same one down. If if anything, if for years you just write the same goals down and you never work toward them, if anything, it'll make you realize how hard it is to accomplish anything at our age, right? How hard it is to you know to resist the tide of the ocean pulling us this way and that, and that is something good anyway, right? Even if you didn't make one step towards accomplishing your goals, if you realize how hard it is to accomplish anything in this life, then you've done more than most people. Yes, Mihir. So I think you made a statement uh, earlier, and I don't think it's exaggeration by any means. Uh, I had heard that last year. I think it made more sense when I heard it today than the last year. That we are enslaved into other people's goal, and. Uh, I think I'm I'm convinced, and uh, if I start from work standpoint, uh, we are slaved into the corporate objectives and corporate goals that people make for us, and we somehow religiously follow those goals. I use the religious word in a in a context that we use into the into the into our world, uh, and, and 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 it's really the going through this process for a few years now, even though I haven't written down anything yet. Uh, we as a family write down every, everybody writes down by December 31st and then we follow it. But some testimonials. Last year, uh, you know, if, I wish Kaushik would have been here. So Kaushik uh, had in, think in mind that he wanted to do the Naukar Mantra, some supported uh, from this group and said, okay, let's do it. And I can tell you with that object, that, you know, uh, kind of go, as a goal, uh, that Kaushik wanted, we have as a collectively uh, done thousands of Naukar Mantra in this year. Versus zero, right? I mean, you know, it's a wow, and uh, it was not having a wow, but you know, every time I sleep without doing it, I remember it, whether I do it or not. And I've, there are a lot of days that I've not done it, but it reminds me that that's the accountability piece to me here. And, you know, to for me to move to the next step, like uh, Bobby just said that he, he has fine-tuned his objectives. So from one Naukarwadi, we can go to the two or five, depending upon what your goal is. So just to make a, make a point that things will happen. Uh, similar to some of the other objectives I had, like Samaik. I have achieved more than 12 Samaiks. That was my goal I've achieved already. So, and I can tell you, until now, I was saying that I don't have time to do this. Obviously, somehow it has happened. So... This is a way of accountability, whether we call it writing on the goal objective or 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 take a while for it. 
the other thing is, I I think I want to do it and that's why I want to make myself accountable by saying that we need to have our own objective, whether it's spiritual goal or uh, nidra goal or something like that, because I think that's important. Since our company asked us to write down, you know, our three objectives, we write it and we follow it. I think it's, again, we need to have something of ourselves, otherwise we will be enslaved again into our family, our our work, and and the social lifestyle. That's that's just my my thoughts on on this topic, and I, I personally feel it's more important than than we just do our our company goals and objectives. Yeah, lately I've been feeling like my phone has been trying to enslave me. Like it is a like an enemy that is it's right here. Like it's an enemy that I carry around with me. Like that is working against my own interests. Like yeah, I know I've I've seen you know when Bravin Bavin brought up that movie and I've seen that and I've seen this and you know and so lately I'm trying to take control of that and it's it's been pretty wild. That's great. Now I've decided to do one new sutra how to learn every one month, every one. Say around I will learn ten to twelve sutras in one year. That's great. Um so tell me, Logos is the names of the Tirtankars, right? Yeah. Right. So what is the purpose of reciting the names of the Tirtankars? The purpose of reciting the names is to remember what you know about their life and what lessons you can draw from their life and apply it to you. I'm having a hard time with that with my kids. My kids are um, doing this sutra thing with my mom and it's easy for them to remember. And it's a foreign language to them. It's like it's like if I were to somebody were teaching me Chinese and I just repeat the sounds. Okay, and I have I'm great at repeating the sounds and I don't know what they mean. And I'm I like the tune and I'm great at repeating the sounds. That's what it is to my kids, and they're great at it. Okay. They like it, and it's really helping them. They're really picking it up. And I'm trying to get the meaning in there, right? And they're resisting me because they feel like it's an accomplishment. Like, oh, I did this, I memorized it, we took a video, I sent it to my Patsala teacher. Why that is the end of it. But the the purpose is to know the meaning and to think about the meaning and to it because remember it's a physical manifestation of what was it prayer puja is a physical manifestation of prayer and sutras are the verbal manifestation. Um, sorry, that's not right. So it's something like that. We we talked about it, but the point is that if we recite it. And that's great. I'm not trying to diminish your goals. I, I think it's great. A lot of people, I, I haven't done that. You know, a lot of people here couldn't do that. A lot of people out there are not doing that. I think it's personally great. Um, but when we do the sutras, we should know what they mean and think about the meaning when we recite them for the purpose that they have been written down for. And I believe that the purpose of Logasa is to recite the names of the Tirthankars so we can model our actions and model our life 
to be like them. And each one has a different story. And every time we recite their name, we think about that particular story and the lessons from that story. That's the end of my rant. I, and like I said, I don't mean to diminish what you what you're doing. I think it's great. And, but I, I'm just upset at my kids. And I think I'm upset at myself because I'm like, they're doing something great. They've learned like 20 sutras in three months, which is amazing. They have no idea what it means. They're making these foreign sounds and foreign words. They don't know Hindi or Gujarati or Kachi or anything. They don't they just know English. And they're learning these foreign sounds without any concept of what they mean. And it makes me mad that they don't want to know what it means. When it's the whole point is to know what it means. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just let me let me make a. Uh, I I am personally a believer that we should do sutras or kids should do it. I should do it. Well, it's great if I know the meaning, but if I don't know, I shall still do it because there's here's my personal reasoning. And uh, number one is if I recite or if I learn a Hindi movie or a Hindi movie song or English movie song. Number one is my parents are not going to push me to learn the the meaning, especially nowadays. Because it's probably not going to be nice, right? So my alternate is to learn that. And when I'm doing that, I don't get to, I don't have to know the meaning. Whereas in this case, I have to know the meaning. So if I make that an argument for my kids, I would rather them learn the, the sutras without the meaning versus the Hindi song or a Hollywood song or Bollywood song. The number two is, you know, it's, it's now the scientific way. You know, when I, when I was told it's a sun and a moon, I wasn't told what sun and a moon does as a child. I, I got time to learn the meaning for it. Uh, it doesn't have to be that everything in the science, water is a H2O. I, I had a had a time to learn what the electrolysis is and, and how the H2O is separated. Sometimes, I think especially for kids, uh, we, we have expectation, and I'm, I'm guilty of myself, uh, having a much higher expectation towards them. The problem is, right now, I'm trying to do sutra. They are ahead of me. And my ability to recite sutra, because my memory is, okay, that's one of my reasons, but it's occupied with some other, so many other things and distractions. So why not to do it right now when they can, uh, versus waiting until they, they learn the meaning of it? It is my only... Uh, and you know, support in terms of them learning sutra. I, 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 I'm a promoter of, and I, I like it. Yeah, you made me feel quite a bit better. I, I do think that's right. I do think that it's just a stepping stone, and it's easier to memorize these foreign sounds and these foreign words. It's easier to just memorize and regurgitate it. But they'll have it memorized later in their life, and hopefully that will provide a stepping stone for them to learn the meaning. Just like you're absolutely right. That's a great example. You knew water is H2O. Somehow we knew that when we were kids, but we had no idea what does H2O mean? Like the H means the hydrogen and there's two of them and the O means the oxygen. And you learn that and you learn, well, why are they together? Well, if you want to go deeper in the meaning, you learn that they have a compatible electron state, right? That they share, they bind together because of the electrons. Well, well, I knew H2O when I was three, right? But so that's a great example uh, that you uncover the layers of it as you go along. But first, like, it's just 
regurgitation, right? That's great. It's it's a good stepping stone. That's a great uh, great example. Any other questions or comments? Well, remember to save this piece of paper, put it on your fridge. I, I really have you take a picture of it and put it as the background of your phone. You got to put it somewhere where you remind it because this is a physical manifestation of mindfulness. Remember that. I got that one right for sure. This paper is a physical manifestation of mindfulness. That is, this will help you be mindful and think about the things you're supposed to think about um, every every day. No class next week due to Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for your time today. I really hope you appreciate this and you appreciate kind of taking an hour to think about your life and to talk about these things and write down these goals. I really think it'll be worth your time. Thank you so much for your time today. Yes, me here. Timur, just one thing. You you said phone, right? So when we when we forget about that in the background and uh, do other things on the phone, I, I think I'm trying to switch more to the paper uh, <laughs> as much as possible so not having to look at the phone. Sure, absolutely. Uh, one other thing to note, uh, I think most of us know already that, uh, you know, there's going to be a, a Dikshati at, uh, at Jain Temple on December the 5th. And uh, it's uh, it's something that we have talked about, like uh, Diksha and stuff. And I think it'll be uh, great if, you know, everybody can be there and, and, and practice, I mean, I guess, uh, visualize what a person is thinking, especially going toward Diksha, and that's going to be a great, great opportunity on December fifth to to learn more about that path that that exists. Is it during the class time? What time is it? Well, I I think they're still working in the background and trying to decide the timing and everything. But what I understand is pretty much after uh, after Jainism class. So. Uh, I, I'm sure there'll be more information coming through Patshala forum and other forums, but my understanding is on December 5th after the Jainism Patshala or Patshala, and then they'll have a program following by it. Got it. Thank you for that reminder. Thank you so much for your time this week. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, to Thanks, guys.